All right. Yeah. Are okay. we going to introduce mm-hmm. this? Yeah. Okay. Let's introduce this fucker. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> rock, rock hands. Rock hands. De- throwing the devil horns at the mic. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Because that's great. Metal. Metal. Metal, Metal as fuck. Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome with Melissa Kersher and Wendy Bowlesby. Welcome to Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. I am Melissa, and my co-host is... Wendy! Yay! Yay! And what are we talking about tonight, Wendy? We are going to talk about rock opera! Woo! <laughs> I want to sing it the same way that they sang Rock Lobster. It makes no sense. No, Just it go doesn't. With it. No, Just it go doesn't. With it. Rock opera. So yeah, rock movies, musicals. rock yeah. musicals. Rock movie musical. So musical movies that are rock based. Yeah, you know what this yeah, go with it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. We we've we've already talked about musicals and ranted about musicals. So I figured, you know movie, rock musicals. Rock musicals. Yay, rock, rock musicals. Rock on. Woo, so metal. I'm giving you the devil horns. I'm, yeah. Woo. Metal metal I'm setting metal at the microphone. I'm setting metal to you. Because that's great radio. Oh, totally. Yeah. And I'm doing jazz hand metal for you. Yeah. <laughs> ah, shaking them at you. Woo. What? Mm. All right. So. So what are we drinking? We're drinking water, Wendy. I, we are. <laughs> What's drink- wrong with us? Okay, listeners. Okay, we already killed a bottle of wine, so yeah, I don't feel I don't too bad. I don't know but. when you're going to hear this, but. The reality of the situation is that Melissa and I just finished a week and a half of the Minnesota Fringe Festival. And the reality of the Minnesota Fringe Festival is you watch plays from like 5.30 until 11 p.m. at night. And after you're done watching the plays, then you go out to the bar where you sit around and drink and stay out till three in the morning mm-hmm. every night for a week and a half. And then if you're me, you're a fool and you do not take any time off of work. So the alarm goes off at 6.30 a.m. and then you go to work for eight hours and then you go to the theater again. And you do the theater and then you do the going out and then you do the drinking and then it's 3 yeah. a.m. and then you start to regret your choices. So we already killed a bottle of wine this evening. Yes. This is <laughs> the second episode. We have already yeah. killed the Indue. Indue. There is more alcohol to drink, but right now I just want water because right now I'm on alcohol and sleep deprivation. Yeah, seriously, we have not recovered. So I do not recommend following our path on this, but we do recommend to you have a, have a lovely drink and... Um, we will do our best to be as inebriated as possible. Yeah, I mean, I could go get some whiskey. I've got two gingers on hand, as I frequently do, because, Mm. yay, two gingers, whiskey. But right now, I'm drinking water, and it's feeling enormously healthy. Yeah, and I'm I'm just so tired. It's like being drunk. (laughs) 
Oh, it was a good friend, though. It was super good friend. Oh, it was Yay, good. Friend. It was good to us. Right. Yes, yes, yes. All right. So this week, listeners, our topic, as we said, is rock musicals. Yeah. So what rock musicals shall we start with? I kind of feel like I need to start with heavy metal. That is a good beginning point. Yeah, I will concur. Yeah, I yeah. will concur. Yes. Because it, it has, it. there's nothing quite like heavy metal. I uh, Yay. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> a little is. bit yay. Yeah, yay and yay. Um, it is animated. It is perhaps the introduction to most people that um, cartoons ne- don't necessarily have to be for children. Yeah, there's an anime sensibility to it. Yeah. I and mean, the... so this, this was one of the first waves of, hi, let's introduce a n- different way of looking at animation for you yeah Yeah. Yeah, well at least in america yeah outside of fritz the cat (laughs) but yeah uh, heavy metal had you know of course an adaptation of series of comics by disparate artists and collaboration of vastly different filmmakers and animators and uh layered over with crazy heavy metal from the early 1980s and it's (laughs) one one of the heavy metal on the soundtrack is Journey, so I don't know how heavy the metal really is. Well, yeah, the, the 80s were Lying different. Lying beside you, <laughs> here in the dark. That was the song that I first kissed a boy to. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's very sweet. Yeah. 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 Whatever. Anyway, there's a memory... Mm. All right. So heavy metal. also on that soundtrack is Sammy Hagar doing the heavy metal theme. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and and some seg and some segments of the movie, of course, work better than others. You know, the the opening sequence is like, uh, and then there there are some really fun ones and yeah, some completely inexplicable ones. And if you're, I think on the DVD there are some extras where there are some deleted sequences that are really fascinating that. You're going deeper than I've ever been. I think I've seen the movie once or twice. Yeah. And, you know, and every, like, there was a time in the 90s when lots of people cosplayed the, um, the What's Your Toes. Oh, from the the end. silver hair. Yeah, yeah, with the kind of, the the sequence with all the kind of Mobius-inspired backgrounds. Yeah. And uh, the woman is all uh, rotoscoped, so it's got that very unusually naturalistic movement. Yeah. 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 If I remember right, that entire sequence plays out without dialogue, so I yeah. I don't know if that character even has a name. Oh, it has a name because all the nerds oh, yeah, were I all suppose. up on it. Yeah, I, I mean, guess I'm not that big of a nerd for heavy metal. <laughs> Tarna. 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 Tarna, the last Tarakian. That's it. It's called to defend a peaceful civilization from Lochnar mutated barbarians. She arrives too late and she turns to vengeance to fulfill her pact. Lochnar. Lochnar. Smile, Lochnar, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we'll tighten that up in post. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Anyway, but it was bar- it was bothering yeah. me. Tarna. Yeah, Tarna. Because, er- like, everybody made that fucking costume in the 90s. I don't know. It was a thing. Okay, so let's talk about Phantom of the Paradise yeah, and the should. Apple. Because Phantom of the Paradise is campy. It's... It's not a great movie, but it's an mm-hmm. awesome movie. Oh, I I love Phantom of the Paradise. Well, the sensibilities are so consistent. I mean, the the vision is so clear of what they were doing, and mm-hmm. it's yeah, 
Yeah. And and the the truly lovely thing about Phantom of the Paradise is the director is Brian De Palma at like the height of his powers. Yeah. It it is super stylish. It is very visual. Yeah. And I think aside from Carrie, I think that's the best time I've ever seen Brian De Palma use split screen. Yeah. There's this beautiful scene where is it a, an explosion that's timed on both uh, both sides of the screen? I can't remember, but there there's this one scene where De Palma uses split screen to really nice effect. I I mostly just remembered because the, the last time I watched it, like all the way through, was that Butnamathon was um, was that Butnamathon one? It might have been. It was one of the ones I wasn't there. But Guillermo del Toro, yeah, I think it was Buttonamathon 1. Guillermo del Toro brought it because <laughs> it's one of his favorite films. Yeah. And I was just like, what? We're watching this? Okay, I've, I've seen this before. But now I was watching it on the big screen. Buttonamathon, mention of Buttonamathon should be in the drinking game. FYI. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Name drop of Buttonamathon. Name drop of Buttonamathon. Um, but it was on the big screen. It was late at night. And the crowd was going crazy. And it was an awesome experience. And I'm not normally a huge fan of Paul Williams' music, but it works in that movie. Mm-hmm. It really mm-hmm. does. And, and Paul Williams is, as Satan. Yeah, and the movie is so ep- unapologetically epic. Yeah. Right? It's like, we're going to fucking make this epic. And he's going to have a costume. And you know what? He might even wear a cape, motherfuckers. And that's where we're going with this. Deal with it. And yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, Phantom of the Paradise. And they rock so hard. <laughs> um, but, you know, and what's great is, speaking of remakes, that was our last episode we recorded, whether or not that's when we post them. Oh, no. They were about a month apart. <laughs> yeah. So, but Phantom of the Paradise, of course, is a remake, a reinterpretation of the Phantom of the Opera. Right. And so they make it a rock opera and oh, and it's a good adaptation. It's yeah. really well done. Yeah, it I'm is a, a lot of fun. Of, I am a fan of that movie. I am. And so, but the flip side of that, the flip side of that is the apple, which we've already, which we already talked about, kind of at length in our bad movies episode. But oh my god, guys, the apple is glorious bad filmmaking. But and it, but it is a rock opera. It, it is, is a rock, rock opera. musical, and it starts really big in scope, and it is kind of still you know that whole descent into hell of what oh, yeah, would you a, sell your soul for yeah it's a it's a faust story they're both yeah. faust stories yeah very definitely so there's a definite tie there but oh oh the <laughs> apple oh yeah oh, as oh. much as i love it it, the, the, you love it yeah i i i do unapologetically love the apple i am under no <laughs> delusions that it is a good movie <laughs> but but what the apple actually reminds me of is rocky horror picture show yeah because it's very similar in tone except in some the ways. rocky horror manages to pull something out that the right. apple fails at right rocky horror is more cohesive i mean by far yeah by far which is funny because when you watch it it's a mess of a film yeah because yeah, I've, I've done the stage version of the show, and there comes a point in the second act where you're just looking around while you're standing on stage like, what? What the fuck are we doing? It, it's terribly paced. It's terribly paced. The plot makes no sense. Why, what's going on with Eddie? Eddie is the character that I'm most like, what? Yeah. Why is Eddie there? 
what? at all. Yeah, what? <laughs> um, but that said, the music is surprisingly catchy. And that's what it has over the Apple. The music is very catchy and singable. And the Apple music is not, not so, much, so much. Except for, hey, 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 Bim's on the way. Yeah, but that's one short phrase. But everybody yeah. knows the time warp and hot mm-hmm. patootie. And there's a light at the Frankenstein Stein place and touch me and i mean there's a lot of great music in the rocky horror picture show right and of course rocky horror has that added layer of the the weird thing that it touched off with the midnight movie circuit is you know where where audiences contribute to the experience of the rocky horror picture show yes and so you end up with something that is greater than the whole the what greater than the sum of its parts and that's definitively rock and roll. Yeah. We, we had to wear body mics in order to be heard over the goddamn band. That's how I know. It's like, I need a body mic. I can't do this. Which is <laughs> funny because as when I do musical theater, there's a full orchestra down there. And yet, for the most part, you're expected to sing over it. But with a rock musical, it's like there's a everything's amplified and you got this drum set from hell. And you're like... I need a microphone. <laughs> I can't. Are you shitting me? I can't sing over that. Are you kidding? Okay. So so, so as a performer who's actually performed Rocky Horror on stage, uh-huh. are there any other other insights that you can give about um, that music? Oh. Or that show? Aside um, from that is poorly paced. It is poorly paced and you have to do a lot of work in the second act to keep it moving. Okay. You have to do a lot of work, and you have to do a lot of comedic work to fill in the gaps. That's that's the part where you need to... It's not so much like, oh, the character work, as much as it is, what can I do to make this entertaining while mm-hmm. still keeping it moving? Because you could opt for speed, but even just speed is like nothing entertaining is happening. So you have to both keep it quick, but also like add something interesting going on. Yeah, it's, ugh, it's a tough... It's the second act is tough, but superheroes is a great song, which was also the theme to the the Incredible Hulk TV show. <laughs> it was the sad tinkly music yeah, at the end is actually superheroes from Rocky Horror. <laughs> boo 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 boo. Yeah, and what was what I remember specifically about that was I was backstage doing a costume change, but we were expected to do the backing ooze, but we had body mics, so all I had to do is while I was changing my clothes, literally I'm in the dressing room, flick on my body mic, and while I'm like changing my clothes, I'm like, ooh, zipper, 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 button, 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 <laughs> it, was, it was a really and, wow. I'm al- and I'm alone in I'm alone in there just singing by myself it felt very weird it was very sort of isolated and masturbatory but sort of hi I'm the voice of God talking to you from somewhere deeply removed I don't know <laughs> I hope I'm on the right pitch <laughs> well if we're gonna we should talk about Hedwig Ooh, yes Hedwig Hedwig is fucking rock musical it is it It rocks hard i love the music in that musical oh yes yes hedwig is so extraordinary in 
a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. With, yeah. With its, you know, gender politics and well, I mean the the, know, the, the story the, and the, the story gender politics, but the music is so catchy and the music is so vital to the story. Oh yes, absolutely. I mean, so often in Where, classic musicals, they try to tie the the music or the song into the moment, and they mostly succeed. But this is a musical that really becomes very almost visceral in this is the moment and I will give it to you totally in music and it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> I love it. My favorite story about Hedwig is um of course John Cameron Mitchell came from a musical theater background. But um oh Stephen Trask. Oh he did the music for a movie we just watched recently and I was like that's Stephen Trask. Holy shit. I need to look it up. Anyway, um but Stephen Trask wrote the rock music. They met on a plane and they uh-huh. each knew of each other, each other's work tangentially and like, hey, we should do a project together. And so they started working on Hedwig. Um, and one of my favorite stories is that as John Cameron Mitchell came in and started being the lead singer for this band that kind of was being created, I, I don't remember, either being created or already existed, but they were all actual rock musicians. Mm-hmm. And when John Cameron Mitchell would go to give the count, because he comes from musical theater, he would say, five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> to which all the rock musicians would burst out laughing. <laughs> what an asshole dweeb. That's not how you count in a measure. Because in rock, you count in a measure with one, one two, two, three, four. four. <laughs> I don't know why that tickles me, but it does. Ooh, we should talk about Velvet Goldmine. We should talk about Velvet Goldmine. That is a oh, that's such a good movie. It is, it is a very good movie. It's you know, of so... course, it's a it's a fictionalized account of you know kind of the interaction between was it Iggy Pop and David Bowie. Yeah, during... well, and that that whole glam rock into punk. Yeah, right. That, yeah, and, that and that I mean, very fictionalized. It wasn't. It it's not by any means a biography, but it's clearly based on those people as characters. Well, in that weird time frame where they both existed. Yeah. Yeah, and I, oh, it's so good. It's so magical. It's again one of those movies where it's not concrete, it's not linear, but it's real. Mm-hmm. It creates a space that is real in and of itself, and you're just like, okay, I'm going to go along with this. This is great. Well, Christian Bale is so interesting in that movie, too, because he's playing this character that is kind of toying with his sexuality, but he, you can tell he, it's not quite it's not quite natural-seeming for him. It's very awkward. I mean, he's going through this kind of awkward phase, figuring out what he wants. Like, that experimental and... phase we all go through where... After we're done with it, we go, nope, actually, I am pretty heteronormative. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it, it, it's but interesting. But in this time and place, it is absolutely honest and true that I am attracted to you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and it's um, it's Obi-Wan. It's... Uh, oh, uh, Ewan McGregor. It, it's Ewan McGregor. Who, how, how would you resist that person? <laughs> I, what? I would totally... What? And then, and then, but the Ziggy Stardust character is, um... What's his nose? The other incredibly beautiful man. <laughs> he's, I'm sorry, he's just beautiful. Oh my god! Uh, but I, I mean the the real hypnotic thing about that whole movie is the art direction, the costumes, and the art direction that kind of evoke oh, that yeah. period of history where Jonathan Riss 
Myers. Oh, that's right. I mean, he's not like classically beautiful, but there's something so sensuous about his face, his eyes, his lips, his nose. Are, there's it's just it's all it's like wow, I I can't take my eyes off you, and I kind of just want to touch you mm-hmm. and oh, like. Mm, just rub my hands over you like wow you're amazing and plus the costumes they put on yeah. him are just yeah <laughs> he glams really well yeah he glams incredibly well it's fun to watch that movie with a knowledge of that time in history because yeah. he it's like name that reference it's like oh that's new york dolls there they are (laughs) (laughs) i can tell what this is referencing and i don't have any of that and i still loved the movie because you know it's like oh this is glam rock this is punk rock at the very least i know their sensibilities and i can see how they would interact and i can see why both are attractive and there's this fluid sexuality and this mystique and Mm -hmm. yeah it's just mm. Mm. it's a very sensual film without ever being overtly sexual. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's sex scenes, but it doesn't feel... Yeah. 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 Plus rock and roll. Speaking of punk, yeah. rock and roll high school. That was oh, the, rock and roll high that school. That was the movie yeah. musical the with Ramones. the Ramones. The Ramones, yeah. It was one of those sort of weird 80s, early 80s? I can't remember. It was on... The movie channel. That's how I saw it. <laughs> um, but it's one of those weird ones where it's this contrived plot of, oh, look, the Ramones made a song called Rock and Roll High School. We will make a movie called Rock and Roll High School. Therefore, it will be set in a high school. And it was one of those sort of contrived rock and roll isn't allowed. Look at me. I'm the rebel. And the whole plot is about getting to the Ramones concert. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> but it does have Ramones music in it, and the Ramones were super-duper fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's still super fun to watch, but, yeah, it's one of those movie musicals where you're just like, yeah. <laughs> and there's the plot, and there's a song, yay, there's a song, yay. There's a Japanese movie. This didn't wind up on our list, but it just popped in my head. There's a Japanese movie called Wild Zero. Oh. Which features a punk band named Guitar Wolf. Japanese punk band that is totally out of the Ramones sort of sensibility of music. They started in the 80s and they're still going today. And I've been to a Guitar Wolf concert and they're amazing. Wait, how did you get to a Guitar Wolf concert? They it's came a, here. It's a Japanese punk band. It's a Japanese punk band. They they come through every couple of years. Are you shitting I'm me? I'm not, not kidding. And they are awesome i mean they're they're like terrible garage rock well not terrible but they're you know garage rock and it's just so much fun and they are insane it's like one of the best live shows i've ever seen in my life i they were they were in seventh street entry when they came through (gasps) and they pulled fess up on stage to play guitar for them it's like they just randomly grabbed somebody out of the audience and grabbed fess and he's standing there with the guitar with a crazy sweaty japanese man screaming at him look and look he barely speaks english look and look and fess is like i don't know how to play guitar It doesn't matter. It's it doesn't matter. And and finally, he just like made noises on it, and everybody goes wild because it works. So, <laughs> so anyway, this is the band that made a movie called Wild Zero. 
<laughs> in which the the band Guitar Wolf, which is led by a man named Guitar Wolf, <laughs> and, and the bass guitar is named Bass Wolf, and I believe Drum Wolf backs them up on drums. And, <laughs> And and they they're characters in this movie as Guitar Wolf, and there's a zombie invasion w- involving other characters that happen to be in the movie who are not Guitar Wolf, and um and the plot is interwoven with parts where Guitar Wolf weaves in and out of the plot like saving the day as the superheroes that they are. As one would. I know, right? It it is a hilarious movie. It is not paced very well, so it kind of takes a little bit of effort to get through. But there are parts of it that are absolutely freaking brilliant. There's there's a character in in the movie which is set up as this this woman who is at a gas station waiting for help for something like she's stranded somewhere and um the young teen boy who idolizes guitar wolf comes along on his motorcycle and he falls in love with her and later falls learns that she is a little bit of a spoiler that she's actually a guy she's she's a trans she's well, it's not clear if she's a cross-dresser or trans or whatever. And he freaks out. And then his spirit animal, Guitar Wolf, shows up and castigates him and goes, Love knows no boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> and it's beautiful. And this, this is like just in the middle of the movie for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> but it, it's, it, it gets to a point where... Guitar Wolf shows up for no reason and starts killing zombies with magical guitar picks. Uh, Does he throw them? Yeah, they, like, like throwing stars. Like throwing the stars. Key. Like, Doo. yeah, and it's, oh, yeah. it's astounding. It's astounding. And then there's Guitar Wolf music all through it. <laughs> yeah, and and there's little snippets of their concerts in there where um, I didn't see this on stage, but. In one of the scenes of the film, he has a microphone that spits fire. <laughs> like he sings into it, and the it's it spits fire in time to when he's singing into the microphone. Oh. I know, right? <laughs> oh. Okay. Okay. So, Wild Zero is a crazy ass Japanese thing you should seek out and just give it a sample. Just go with it. Go with it. Yeah. Just go with it. Yeah. Just like, go with it. Like I said, it, it sure ain't perfect, but man, the parts that are good are really. Okay. A lot of fun. All right. So I'm going to quickly um, do a quick one-two punch of Jesus Christ Superstar mm-hmm. and Hair. Yeah. Because both of those were 60s rock musicals with movies that were made shortly thereafter. And both of them are problematic movies. In that oh, yeah. Hair works on stage. It does not work on film because it doesn't really have much of a plot on stage, actually. And they sort of shoehorned more of a plot in there and it kind of doesn't really work Mm. and it's yeah mm. but i mean the music is really iconic and so i mean you should see it godspell is the same way right like godspell the the adaptation to the movie is pretty pretty faithful but godspell is this series of vignettes on stage and what do you do in a movie and so Mm -hmm. it's Eh, although it's kind of cool in that they're dancing on top of the World Trade Center, which freaks me out, as we all know, because I'm afraid of heights. Um, <laughs> so they're dancing around on top of the World Trade Center, and I'm just like, 
trying to throw up in my mouth like why would you do that i well i've been on the top of the world trade center and um how were when, you on the top of the world trade center when i was a kid like on the roof roof or like on the, the roof t- roof how did you get on the roof of the world it was the 80s they let you on the roof are you shitting me i'm not kidding you couldn't get near the edge the the fence that kept you uh you know from jumping off was like a good I know, 20 feet from the edge of the building. So you couldn't even get close to the edge of the building. I but you would... could go up on the roof. Oh my God, I would still center. throw up. It was pretty awesome. I was terrified of heights at the time, but you couldn't get close enough to the edge to get It doesn't terror. matter. I am aware of how high up I am. Yeah. I, am I, I got more physical. freaked out at the top of the Empire State Building. Because yeah. you can actually get to the edge of the Empire State. Yeah. I don't know. That's, my, my acrophobia does weird things. And then there's Jesus Christ Superstar... <laughs> Which is, at least, it's it's got more of a plot, so it adapts better. But the problem is the singers aren't that great. I'm sorry, I'm just going to be honest. I'm not a fan of the... I'm not a fan I don't know, I kind of like the guy from Deep Purple. Well, yeah, but, but yeah, some like the, the woman who sings, oh, I don't know how to yeah. love him. It's very, not, mm. not so much my favorite. So there we go. We did a quick one, two, three punch of the 60s movie musicals and rock musicals, and now we're... Although I, I will I will vouch yeah. for a Jesus Christ Superstar and it's one of the few Andrew Lloyd Webber musicals I actually like. Yes. Yes. What's the uh, buzz? Tell, tell me what's a happening. What's the buzz? Tell me what's a happening. There's a lot to like about it actually. Yeah. Um I like a lot about Jesus Christ Superstar and it is actually one of my favorite Andrew Lloyd Webbers because it actually it has a little bit more complexity. All right, so let's see. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Speaking of sixties. All of the Beatles movie musicals. Oh, yeah. Help. Help is fun, but Hard Day's Night is groundbreaking. Hard Day's Night was first, obviously, and then there was Help. Hard Day's Night doesn't have much of a plot. It's just, it almost is sort of documentary feeling, except that it's crafted and constructed. So when I first saw them, I liked Help better because there was more of a plot, albeit a very goofy plot. Yeah, yeah. But now that I've gotten older, I love A Hard Day's Night. Hard Day's Night is a brilliant film. It I mean, really that is. is hands down brilliant filmmaking. It is light and frothy and fun and loose enough to kind of feed into that, uh, f- you know, fun, lighthearted feeling that the Beatles were going after. And yet it's just cohesive enough to hold it all together. Well, and you get a sense of their personality. Yes. And well, it's brilliant. It's brilliant marketing. Well, I I think the fame of the Beatles, in at least some part, is owed to that film. Yeah. Because that film really cemented the personality of the Beatles in the popular culture's mind. Yeah, that Ringo was goofy. Yeah. And... Yeah. yeah. And it 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 was a large part of building the legend of the Beatles. I, I remember I picked up the word grotty, like short for grotesque, from yeah. watching that. And then I used it incessantly for a month and nobody knew what I was saying. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're American. Because we're American. I, we're then I had American. to give it up. I'm like, yeah, but this is this right. is great. Was Wait, but the little man. Yeah, the, the that's grandpa. That's in help. No, no. The, the grandfather is in uh, Hard Day's Night. Wait. Which he's one? so clean. He's so clean. Yes. Okay. I don't know. He's Polish. Um, <laughs> wait, but the little man... Um, Mowing the lawn with chattering teeth is oh, in help. That's in help. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And there's the ring. There's the ring that Ringo is given in help, and it turns out to be super important. And it's a ridiculous plot, and it doesn't matter because it's just the Beatles running around being super charming mm-hmm. and singing their great songs. And help is a great song. 
Yeah. Help really is a yeah. great song. Okay, so then... Oh, and then there's Yellow Submarine. And you got to talk about that one. Yellow Submarine is... Oh, boy. <laughs> it is a bizarre thing. This is where the drugs kicked in? Yeah, this is where the drugs kicked in. I mean, this is full-on Hunter S. Thompson on ether sort of... <laughs> drug trip it it, it's it's this weird animated fantasy land and by god you've never seen anything like it interlaced with beatles songs and the beatles didn't really have that much directly to do with the movie itself but when they finally saw it none of the music was really original well, yeah, the the movie the, the music was all theirs, but they didn't do the voices in the movie. Yeah, they weren't directly involved in making the movie, but when they eventually saw essentially the draft of it, they said, "Oh yeah." And then they came in and did this weird little coda on the end of the film where the actual Beatles show up. It's the one non-animated part of the movie. But it's the the animation itself is this weird ass seventies drug trip of of bright colors and nonsensical surrealist animation and there's this really loose plot about this the Beatles going off to in a yellow submarine to defeat this dictator of the blue meanies and it just it's very odd. It's a very strange movie. Okay, but if the Beatles weren't it's involved... Be- it's beautiful to watch in its own way. It's... If the Beatles weren't involved, then who was taking the drugs? Because we know <laughs> Everybody the... else, apparently. Apparently. Okay. Everybody else. Because we know the Beatles were on some serious-ass drugs. Yep. But, okay, so somebody else was taking the drugs, apparently out of solidarity with the Beatles. Now, speaking of weird-ass, surrealist drug trip movies... Uh, the monkeys had their own called head have you ever seen head no oh man no that doesn't sound good it was written by jack nicholson if i remember right what (laughs) i'm not kidding and um i don't remember very much specific about it it's very goofy as per the monkeys uh well yeah that, that was their mo and but there, there are some strange little biting pieces of satire kind of slipped in there, and okay, it, and it kind of traipses from scene to scene. And I, I seem to remember Frank Zappa shows up at one point, oh my God. and as as well as Tony Basil in a <laughs> bizarro dance sequence. I'm not kidding. What you need to see this? Apparently, yeah. Okay, okay. So, so head. If you guys okay, can find a copy it. of head, you need to see this. Okay, thing. add that to the Wendy should see list. Yeah, when yeah. we Wendy finally do our, head. when we finally do our, you need to see weekend. We'll have to see if we can find that. I'm sure that I'm sure that Video Universe probably could set us up with everything oh, we need. Yeah, because yeah. they're the bomb. They Video are. Universe and Robinsdale best video store in the universe. Indeed. All right, if we're going to talk about rock musicals, we have to talk about Spinal Tap. Spinal Tap! Oh, yeah. I love Spinal Tap so because much. Because this is not even like light rock. This is like rocking out, rock, fuck you, metal. rock, metal, except it's ridiculous. Oh, I love Spinal Tap so <laughs> much. They're, I mean, there's so... There's so much to This Is Spinal Tap. Oh. It's, it's about the nature of creativity and land And collaboration. And, and collaboration. And it's about the history of at least 70s hard rock. And, and, and the pursuit of 
fame and legitimacy and and you just watch their slow spiral down to where they're finally playing what what they're playing in an airport yes it's a ridiculous (laughs) venue and it's awful and Mm -hmm. and and of course the awful evil girlfriend who just brings everybody down and breaks the band up and 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 the mishaps with the set oh god and and the very tiny stonehenge what i love is that you can go a really long time in that movie not realizing that it's a comedy yeah and that it's making fun of things but where it really comes clear is when they pull out the little people to dance around the tiny (laughs) stone and you're like wait what what no and i love i love going back to it now knowing what i know about movies uh because Watching this as Spinal Tap now is like name that actor. Oh it's yeah. Like, oh, that's Howard Hessman, and that's Billy Crystal, and that's Fran Drescher not doing her nanny voice, and that's it. It's just it, it, that's Paul Schaefer, and it it's just reference after reference after reference to yeah. You know, it's like a who's who of eighties comedy in there, and they just threw him in. Just yeah. threw him in. Yeah, they were all just right uh-huh, there. Just take a bit part. Look at that. Uh-huh. <laughs> Nah. And and it's beautiful. And is it the drummer he keeps dying? Yeah, the drummer. They just keep cycling through drummers. Because who? Because fuck drummers anyway. <laughs> he choked on his own vomit. We don't know if it is his vomit, because he can't dust for vomit. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Uh, oh. And and most of it was ad libbed, which is a real. Um, testament to the talents of well of the and, cast. I mean, and christopher guest of course has made a whole genre out yeah. of that well harry shearer christopher guest and um michael mckeon michael mckeon yeah i mean and that the trio of them they were just freaking brilliant they yeah yes still are and but the music is still kind of rocking and i still remember it smelled the glove <laughs> what <laughs> and it's so ridiculous and yet so perfectly apt of yes that it that is the title of a rock album mm-hmm. smell the glove <laughs> what <laughs> oh spinal the, tap the music is so great though because it's it, it walks that perfect line between kind of honoring its source material and being a parody of it. Yes. It, it It's actually genuinely enjoyable to listen to if you're into that sort of hair metal. But it it's ridiculously funny. Yes. And I'm also really fascinated by that the evolution that they show through the film because they start in the 60s because they and then they show you the 60s music that spinal tap was making and the the evolution to be becoming that metal band oh it's so the rise and fall (laughs) well we should definitely talk about blues brothers because people have been bugging us to talk about blues brothers really yeah who's been bugging us to talk about well we we had a couple of comments when we um did our musicals episode and we never touched on blues brothers well the the problem with the blues brothers is that it is an unconventional movie musical oh true, that, true i mean they stop and they have musical numbers but it's not that i don't think of it as a movie musical but i tend to think of it as a road movie before i think of it as a mm. musical movie but there's so much music i mean there's a lot of music in there's that a movie. fuck ton of music and it's great music i mean ray fucking charles and aretha franklin are you are you fucking kidding me yeah oh yeah yeah and i mean 
and then um, Cab, Cab Calloway, <laughs> and they're all singing their hits. You better think, 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 think about think what you're trying to do to me. Yeah, I think, think, think. <laughs> but oh god and then and those two boys could sing mm-hmm. but it's also in the context of a great action film yeah a great road chase movie a as great well as comedy. a great comedy i remember when we showed it to monty for the first time he had oh, never yeah. seen it and it's so funny and carrie fisher carrie fisher well everybody was in that movie Everybody. Everybody was in that movie. That that was a cast of hundreds. I hate Illinois the Nazis. The band, the, the band. band. Jim Belushi. The the older I get, and I go back and I watch his movies, the more angry I am that he died so young. Yeah, yeah. Because mm. that was a very insanely funny, talented man. Mm-hmm. Cocaine. It's a motherfucker. Assholes. The Blues Brothers, in a lot of ways, sh- should not work. It is vastly overblown in, in, to the point of where it should have just spun apart into well, a dozen there's, little there's pieces. There's all these weird little moments that go on forever, like in, when Elwood is toasting his bread in his apartment and they're just sitting there. Yeah, or or the, the ridiculous car chase at the end with a billion cop cars that never, never ends. Yeah, but, but it's, it's so uh, ludicrous. It's so ludicrous. It's so yeah. big. I and then, and then there's the SWAT team coming down, and they're going hut 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 <laughs> hut, hut hut hut, which cracks me up. And then they run into the building, and they get in the and I mean, it's crazy, crazy. Rah, 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 and they get in the elevator. Do do do. Oh yeah. Do 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 do. do, do. <laughs> and and all of it is in service to this one small plot point of we need to make the money to save. The orphanage. The orphanage. Really? <laughs> and it's a classic farce of everything just, well, this sort of sort of mousetrap thing of, well, to do this, we need this. And so if this, then this, then this. And so suddenly we have spiraled out of control and now mm-hmm. we're doing all of this to get all of this to work, to get the money, to save the orphanage, to get there, to give it in time to what? And now I'm back in jail. <laughs> but the concert sequence is so great. Oh, they! Anytime music happens in that movie, it's amazing. It's a, it's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, my mother wound up at a Blues Brothers concert. One of the few. Yeah, she was at the uh, Universal Amphitheater when they recorded "Briefcase Full of Blues." What? I'm not kidding. Oh, sweet Jesus. <laughs> Because everybody in that band was a real blues musician. Well, they were phenomenal musicians. I mean, D- yeah. Duck and all. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, they were all real. And they had Tom Scott from the LA Express. And, the, yeah. you know, the, Tom Scott was like the son of the guy who did the Twilight Zone theme from Crazy. But, uh, yeah, like everybody in that band was, you know, part of the Saturday Night Live band crew. I mean, they were just stellar musicians. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. To get yeah. to see that live. That must have been amazing. And I love the personas they crafted, especially Elwood. Yeah. Elwood's persona cracked me up. Quick shout out, Josie and the Pussycats. Oh, and Quadrophenia. Better than it had any right to be. Oh, yeah. D- Josie and the Cats. Hilarious. Also, really fucking great soundtrack. Oh, yeah. I yeah. Seriously, that's my summer awesome. soundtrack when I'm driving and the windows are open and 
Turn it up. All right, Purple Rain. Let's get through the Minnesota necessities. Yeah, we have to do Purple Rain. It is not a good movie. Nope. Iconic in many ways, but not good. Not good. It is not shot well. (laughs) The script is trite. The performances are amateurish. It is small in scope. I mean, seriously, it... (laughs) Yeah, it's very tiny. It's a very tiny film. Considering that I've been to all these places in Minneapolis, and I'm like, how did you manage to make this look so small when it's actually quite big and quite there's there's some scope here but no it's a tiny tiny little tiny little movie tiny little movie but boy it put prince on the map yeah it sure did the music purple rain was an amazing album yeah it was an amazing album and it still it holds together so well as a complete work and it's so groundbreaking and it different and and it burst onto the public consciousness, and I don't remember now which came first, the album or the movie. I'm pretty sure the album came first, but and then yeah. they, but then they released the movie, and you have this movie which was extremely popular, but it's not very good. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, well, I think pur- the Purple Wayne the movie got a lot purple, of mileage. Purple, 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 purple Wayne, Purple, purple Wayne. Wayne the movie got a lot of mileage out of Purple Rain the music video. Yes, yes. Oh, that because was... this was when uh, MTV was churning out fame, fast and furious. So, yeah, I think the footage that they gained from Purple Rain the movie that they cranked into Purple Rain the music video did more for Prince's career than the movie itself. Yeah, and then people went to see the movie and they talked about it. Yeah, but it oh. I cannot recommend the movie. Yeah. I actually cannot mm. recommend the movie. I can recommend the soundtrack heartily. Yes. It's sort of interesting to watch the movie just to see all of these 80s bands that were big at the time. Like Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like um, More Stay in the Time mm-hmm. and Apollonia, Apollonia 6, right? Mm-hmm. The, God, what a piece of shit band. <laughs> I'm sorry she had no talent. All she had going for her was that Prince liked her and was writing her music. And, and of course, but Prince is amazing. Prince and the Revolution. Although, if you are not a local to Minnesota, you need to know that that is not Lake Minnetonka that they are standing in. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. I think it might be Cedar Lake. Yeah. Oh, I'll have to take a look. I. It's been a while since I've but watched it. But it's not movie. Lake Minnetonka. He's like, you need to dip yourself in the waters of Lake Minnetonka. That's great. We should drive out there. This, this is not Lake Minnetonka. <laughs> yeah, let's do Control first. Do Control. Do Control. Right okay, now. so Control is a movie. It's it's a kind of a biopic. Well, it's not quite a biopic, but it's, it's a based on true facts movie about uh, Ian Curtis of Joy Division. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And it's um, it's very well directed. It's kind of one of those kitchen sink movies where it's it, it's filmed in black and white and it focuses on the relationship between Ian Curtis and his wife, girlfriend, wife, woman, woman friend. And uh, also between him and the band, Joy Division. And so it kind of follows the path of Joy Division up to their fame with Ian Curtis and then ultimately what happened to Ian Curtis. So it, it's this, it, it, it very much is a, I, I, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I remember it being a very interesting dissection of depression. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, so it's kind of hard to watch. 
Yeah, and dear listeners, when you listen to this episode, um, this is the day after Robin Williams was found dead. Yeah. So depression is on everybody's mind. Yep. So yeah, it de- depression is hard to watch. Wash. Yeah. Wash. Try- it is hard to wash. Boop. Depression yeah. is hard to watch. There we go. Oh, it's not even alcohol. I'm so tired. <laughs> it is so catching up. It's not even yeah. midnight. I feel like a pussy. I'm. I'm now. I'm just thinking of what. What is the care and feeding tag on depression? <laughs> it's like wash cold water only. Dry clean only. You know, it's dry clean. Dry clean only. Well, yeah. You it's might, really hard to wash. You could rinse it lightly with no soap, but then you definitely need to hang it up to dry. <laughs> But then again, are you trying to preserve depression? Maybe you want it to shrink. So maybe you do just throw it in the fucking washer. Fuck you, depression. <laughs> if you're not ready to wear, I ain't got time for you. Ready to wear depression. <laughs> Honestly, if depression was ready to wear, I feel like I have ready to wear depression right now because it's all related to being unemployed. So it's very compartmentalized. It's very manageable. But it's real, but it's also sort of like, yeah, I sort of throw it on, but I can take it off when I need to, Mm -hmm. right? And put on a t-shirt instead. Fuck you, depression. I'm changing clothes. (laughs) Ready to wear depression. All right, so... We should hit Tommy. We should hit the who. The who has a couple entries on this list. Well, besides Tommy? We have Quadrophenia. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you talk about... uh, Seriously, I'm fady. Yeah, yeah. Quadrophenia. Quadrophenia is... um, First of all, the album's magnificent. You know, it's it's the Who at the height of their powers. It's this I feel like w- at the height of their powers should also be in our drinking. Game. Oh, that probably it should be. Yes, that you probably should, add should be. It. So yeah, yeah. So it's the Who, this tremendous concept album, and then they made a movie out of it. And I've never seen it. Yeah, it's is it, it a rock concert movie or no? Is it a it's not. Narrative it's movie? it's a narrative movie, and it's really? about this kid. A troubled teenage guy who is having troubles getting along the, with the world and it's, um, kind of during the mods versus rockers thing going on in Do England. they star and, in it like they did in Tom? No, no. The the Who has nothing to do with it. It's just their music. Oh, well, that's kind of okay. Yeah, it, and it's really interesting and it's really well directed, but I kind of didn't like it. And I definitely didn't connect with it if it, it feel it, it, I, I think that it, it was the a sort of movie where it's like there wasn't anything for me to grab onto culturally that i just couldn't get a handhold on that movie. okay so then but let's talk about tommy which so I tommy love. is very tommy is a bizarro wonderful thing yeah yeah but it's just so ridiculous and campy and big yeah. and and uh overblown fan- and fantastical yeah and, you know, the Acid Queen and everything else. And I remember I must have seen it like when I was in my early teens because I remember like my friends and I in eighth grade making fun of it. We must have seen, caught it like on late night TV or something. But the whole, do you think it's all right to leave him with his cousin John, Uncle John? Uncle. And, and then Uncle is like, he's a pedophile or yeah. something. And I remember we were all just like, what the fuck? And then we'd like would waltz around for the next month singing that little ditty. Do you think it's all right? And what? The why hell? was why was that okay? And then Tina Turner and yeah, Nappins and yeah. I mean, it, but it's really great music, but it's really overblown. And then you know, oh, pinball wizard and what? Yeah, it didn't make sense to my twelve-year-old nope. brain, but it was awesome at the same time. 
Was there a scene where there was a woman, like his mother was all in white, but there was, was it barf or blood or something? Oh, I can't remember. It's been so long since I've seen Tommy. It's a crazy, crazy movie. But it's definitely rock and roll. Oh, it is. It's definitely rock and, but it's definitely rock and roll in that it is out of control. Like the rock sensibilities have overshadowed any narrative impulse <laughs> it's very surreal it is it is it's yeah. very the, surreal. The, especially that 70s did we did we really get an 80s rock musical i mean what happened in the 80s was you got things like flash dance and no, well the 80s well the wall was like right at 1980 wasn't it yeah, pink but, floyd's the wall yeah it's right there right at the yeah. cusp but there, I mean, it, the wall doesn't really have much of a precedent or an antecedent. You know, it's it stands alone. Yeah, the wall is very odd. So yeah. you had this strong strain in like the '60s and '70s, and then what happened in the '80s is pop music became dominant, and pop music musicals were different. Yeah, they were very much about just let's be happy, mm-hmm. which is funny because even Rock and Roll High School which was a punk rock musical, still had that sensibility of, oh, look at us, it's just a light entertainment. I wonder how the Ramones felt about that, now that I think about that. <laughs> like, seriously. Because punk was all about anti-establishment and stick it to the man and fuck you, and now they're making a movie musical? Mm-hmm. That's weird. Now that I think about it, that's very strange. That is very strange. But... You know, also in the early '80s, he had Grease. That would the, the it's that was it's interesting throwback. that you've got that throwback. I mean, there was to so the much 50s. throwback stuff happening. In so the, much nostalgia. Yeah. And what's funny then is Rock of Ages, which just came out in the 2010s or the late aughts. Yeah. Is a throwback to '80s hair metal, mm-hmm. and so now finally in in the post millennium, we're doing an '80s rock musical. <laughs> Except that the rock they're doing is like Journey and like Guns N' Roses. What? No. I want somebody to make a Metallica musical. That would, that would be, be awesome. That would be epic, wouldn't yeah. it? That would be epic. Yeah. yeah. Or a movie of Operation Mindcrime. <laughs> what is that? Queensryche. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, you're, that's deeper than I ever got. All right. We'll go with that. Okay. So, all right. We have talked about uh, rock musicals. Hopefully, Melissa can edit this into some semblance of, uh, I don't know, coherence. Yeah, that's the word. Oh. Yeah, I have a fighting chance since we never brought up Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Oh, God. <laughs> so, questions. We have right. listener questions. All right. Do you... Okay. I or rather, listener answers. All right. Yes. Okay. Um, you ask. I'll be. Okay. Who are you? I am David J. Rust. Hi, Hi David. David. Hi, David. Yay. Yay. And question number two. What do you do? I'm a senior web developer for an e-commerce firm. No wonder you watch so many movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Question number three. What is in your dream pleasure dome? A library of tabletop games from RPGs to the latest board games. We have not talked about board games and RPGs and stuff. Yes, we would would definitely want some gaming to happen. 
And then right. we need to talk about Battleship, the movie. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> games turned into movies might have to be its own mini podcast. Yeah, it'll, right? it'll, like it'll consist a... entirely of Battleship and Real Steel. <laughs> oh my God, Real Steel. I love that movie. Oh my God, that was a ridiculously wonderful oh, yeah. movie. Yeah. All right, all right, all right, all right. All right, all right. All right. Hey, number, okay. number four, give us a Pleasure Dome recommendation. From a movie perspective, I have several recommendations. The Guilty Pleasure, The Classic, and The Universally Awesome. The Guilty Pleasure would be John Ritter and Pam Dauber in Stay Tuned. That's a fun movie. (laughs) It's got John Ritter and he's awesome. Yeah. Um, The Classic would be Rosalind Russell in Auntie Mame. Well chosen. Yes, yes, yes. And The Universally Awesome Jim Carrey in The Truman Show. Ooh, very nice. Yeah, yeah, those yeah. are good choices. Bravo, yeah, yeah, yeah. bravo. Yeah, yeah. You can never have enough fucking anti-mame. Seriously. Oh, that's true, that's true. I stepped on the ball. I just squashed it to birds. It was positively <laughs> dreadful. <laughs> I love that whole sequence with ups and downs and all the shenanigans. Yay! <laughs> And she's so statuesque, and she just had that voice. That I want her voice. She had that ah, oh, that ah, oh. and so dry. Her and just the eyebrow, and just yes. And I want to be Rosalind Russell. I want to be tall and statuesque and have a deep voice. I want to be Rosalind Russell. But you'd no longer be fun sized, Wendy. Yeah, but I'd be different fun sized. It'd be a different fun size. I'd be a buffet of fun, right? You could just. <laughs> Work your way up and down. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Take us out. Take focus, us out. focus. Take mm. us home. Thank you, listeners, for joining us this week on Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. I was Melissa, and that was Wendy. And and uh, yeah, I'd like go to our website and answer our questions and contribute and... to our drinking game. Yep, and, and... Uh, on Facebook, give us some recommendations, or if you find something awesome, post it on our Facebook. Oh yeah, seriously, yeah, totally. if you find a comic or a YouTube video or a GIF or anything, just post it on our Facebook so that we can all enjoy it together. That yep. would be awesome. Or or a website, it's all awesome. We it's all it. awesome. Yeah, we see it all. We see all. <laughs> Okay, Rocky Horror. <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> okay. Do, Good do, night, do, everyone. Do, 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 do. I'm going to play us out. Do, 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 do. Thank you for joining us in the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Our theme song was written by Tim Wick and Jeffrey Brown and recorded and mastered by Chad Dutton. New episodes arrive every Thursday. You can find us on iTunes and on Stitcher. You can also visit us at xanaducinema.com, follow us on Twitter at Xanadu Cinema, and like us on Facebook at Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. There we go. Boop. 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 Did I ever tell you about when Chris and I would play Pong just verbally? <laughs> <laughs> would you go... <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Bonk. Boop. 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 Boop.